Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Let's begin this morning by opening our Bibles to Luke chapter 19, verse 11. Now, as they heard these things, he spoke another parable, because he was near Jerusalem, and because they thought the kingdom of God will appear immediately. Therefore he said, a certain noble man went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten miners, and said to them, do business till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. So it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he commanded this servant to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first saying, Master, your miner has earned ten more miners. And he said to him, well done, good servant, because you are faithful and very little. You will have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Master, your miner has earned me five miners. Likewise, he said to him, you will also be over five, five cities. Then another came, Master, here is your miner, which I have Put away in a handkerchief, for I feared you because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit, and you reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, out of your own mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit, and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank at my coming, that I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, take the miner from him and give it to him who has ten miners. But he said to him, Master, he already has ten miners. Then Jesus said, For I say to you that to everyone who has will be given. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Now, when we read this parable, most of the time we've actually talked a lot about the one who has the one minor and the one who actually buried it as a sign of our encouragement to everyone to bring out their minor and to bring out what, the, what God has given to them to use. But the main message of this, of this whole story is that the people thought that Jesus was coming into Jerusalem and the kingdom was going to come right now, right now, right now. It was actually about the timing of their expectation of the kingdom. That's what this message, this entire message was about. So if you read just one verse before you see, Jesus was approaching Jerusalem and they thought, certainly this time the kingdom has come and we will push out the Romans. Finally, we'll shake off all our oppressors and we're going to deal with the people who have been holding us back for so long. Finally, we're going to just jettison our enemies and we're going to just now push out all the people who have inhibited us for so, so long. 
So that's what we read this story to mean, the story of the parables, the story of the talents or the miners, as in this case, the 10 miners. Can I tell you guys something? This story was all about the timing of the kingdom. It was about the timing of the kingdom. And Jesus said, a certain man traveled and was going to receive a kingdom. But that kingdom, the people hated him and they didn't want to deliver the kingdom into his hands. What is a kingdom? It is a territory of the king. Who is a king? A king is someone who has rule over a realm. A kingdom typically has a language, it has a culture, it has a way in which the people in that land behave, it has a way that they communicate. So when we talk about the kingdom of God then, we talk about the place where the word of the king carries power. Where is the territory of the king? Wherever the authority of the king reaches is the territory of the king. So are you in the kingdom? This is just a very simple way to find out if you are the kingdom. Does the word of God carry power in your life? Then you are in the kingdom. If the word of God doesn't carry power in your life and there are other contending voices and there are other more authoritative sources and there are other things that hold sway in your life, you are actually not in the kingdom because the kingdom is simply where the word of the king is. The scripture says where the word of the king is, there is power. So wherever the word of a king has power, so a king will speak and that word will reverberate. So when we talk about territory expansion, we just simply means more hearts open to God, more lives waiting to receive, more people who tremble at the word of God, more people whose hearts, whose ears hear the word of God and receive it as law. And wherever the word of the king is, there is power. So you heard Vanessa yesterday speak about TikTok and, and all of those things. Now, I feel like TikTok now is a whole nation. You know, you know, like I see my daughters like just doing the dancing. And they, one day they got me to do these things and I couldn't do it. Like, right, I'm old school now. Like, can you believe I'm even old school? Like, for real. I'm, I'm old school. I was just born yesterday. How come I became old school? Like, I couldn't believe it. But there's a whole nation. There's a whole language to which I have been ostracized. One day I discovered all my kids deleted their, their Instagram account. So I just thought, they must be somewhere. And I used to be on Snapchat because my 13-year-old daughter then had taught me Snapchat. So I went back to reactivate my Snapchat account. One week later, my sister-in-law said, Pastor Mo, why are you causing problems? I said, how? See, you're back on Snapchat. All the cousins and nieces are complaining. <laughs> the Snapchat policeman is around. <laughs> Believe me, there is a culture. What do you think the founder of TikTok is? He's a king. His word carries power. 
The influencers on TikTok make so much money. One of the highest paid person on TikTok is a guy called Charlie D'Amelio. Every month, this guy makes how many million? I had that slide last week. Emmanuel, do you still have it? He makes so much millions. Right. Oh, here, there's the slide. Charlie D'Amelio makes $17.5 million every year. Darren Woods. See, this is actually, this is actually a star. And she makes more than Darren Woods, the Exxon, Exxon Mobil CEO. Do you understand? She's a star, more than Starbucks, more than the CEO of Delta Air, more than the CEO of McDonald's. Charlie D'Amelio makes more than them. Is she a king or not? Absolutely a king. Remember, how many of you have heard of Charlie D'Amelio? Who's Charlie D'Amelio? Do you guys, you haven't heard of? Do you guys understand? So, the territory of the king is simply where the word of the king carries power. So there was an old kingdom and there is a new kingdom and these kingdoms are fighting for supremacy. These kingdoms are competing for who is going to have the last word and I think it's Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 8 verse 4 to 5 that says where the word of the king is there is power and who may say to him what are you doing? He who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful. And a wise man discerns both time and judgment. Like if you don't obey this king, the king also has enforcement power. There's a war between two kingdoms. One is fading away and a new has come. Now, one of these kingdoms is propped up by demonic entities. One is full of anger and poison. And everyone who drinks from this kingdom is hot and eventually dies. The other kingdom is bringing life. It's bringing restoration. It's bringing hope. It's bringing home hope and will win in the end. But guess what the devil does? Many of what the devil does is called disinformation. Say to someone, disinformation. Oh, disinformation is a real thing. And that's actually where most of contemporary activities on the internet lies. So you just want someone to be unsure. So if the devil wants you to feel unsure about yourself, and that is why, what is this thing called? Uh, this syndrome where you... You're doing everything, but you don't feel like you're nothing. Imposter syndrome is a real thing because the devil doesn't actually want to attack you directly anymore. He attacks you from your mind. The new way the devil attacks people, the new way of demonic possession is in the mind. And what the devil does is that he makes you do everything, but you feel you are nothing. You have everything, and people around you actually also tell you you are nothing. And you yourself also tell yourself you are nothing. I cannot tell you how many great people I stand in front of them. And when I stand in front of them, they still feel like they are nothing. So the new way the devil rules the world is by disinformation. The devil doesn't actually rule the world anymore by sending demons flying at night in most cases. It's actually by telling you that you are nothing, that everything you've done is nothing, that you're not going anywhere. And once you can get your mind to that place where you believe that all you're doing doesn't count, all of a sudden it doesn't count. 
Because you are what you believe. And the word of God all of a sudden doesn't have power. So I've had people who are going through mental health malices. And I sat with them and said the scripture to them. Casting down imagination. And every height that exhausts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Believe me, it's the hardest thing to do in practical terms. For someone who is going through anxiety disorder and panic attacks and stuff like that. Believe me, the new demons in town are these things. It's disinformation. It's a fight of one kingdom against another kingdom. So the Bible says they hated the king and they never wanted his government to come to pass. That's a, I don't know. We read this story, but that's the part we totally miss. This Luke 19 story. They hated the king. They never wanted his kingdom to come to pass. They hated the king. They never wanted his kingdom to come to pass. They, they hate in the heart of the devil for the people of God. It's actually designed so that people cannot see the beauty of God. The Bible says when they saw him, there was no beauty or comeliness that they may desire him. It's like God himself is unwanted. It's like the lifestyle of God is unwanted. So where does this psychology come from? It comes from the news media. They said God is dead. You have books written called the God delusion. You have books written saying, oh, how man created God. You have books like that that speak about, you have 48 laws of power, a stupid book by Robert Greene. By the way, like, sorry, I'm not sorry to say it. And he teaches people how to just control power and how to do the game. And Christians are reading the art of war by Leo Zhu. Like the Bible is so good. Why do you want to read that trash? About how to fight war against people? About how to, like I was talking last Sunday about the book called The Prince by Machiavelli, right? That's one of the dastardly books you could ever read. And when you read it, guess what he's talking about? He said, I leave the world of the commoners after a full day's job. And I step into royalty. I enter my shower. I remove the drab garment of filth which ordinary normal human beings wear every day. I drop this garment. And I step into my shower and wash and step into the garments of royalty. And there I deal with the powers that rule the world. There I deal with royalty. I enter the realm of knowledge. Do you know that's what he said? Knowledge is the new world. In the book, The Prince, knowledge is the new idol, the new God. There's a competition for who has the hottest, the best information. So you see this in the new people who are creating content. One of the character is knowledge hoarding. It's knowledge discrimination. So I don't know whether this is above many of you, but honestly, this is what God wants us to hear. As you open up for business, one of the ways is to realize that there is a demon against you. This is not just about making Naira and Kobo. It's actually about whose words carry power in your business. Whose words carry power in what you're doing. Whether you believe and receive that you are actually a part of the kingdom of God. Driving an agenda for bigger than your business. Driving an agenda that is bigger than making profit. Driving an agenda that is bigger that just enriching yourself and securing the bag. There's a bigger purpose 
there's a bigger purpose there's a bigger purpose it's actually about extending the territory of the king it's actually about taking the word of God you know like so that is why that is why so many things are jumping to my mind as examples to use of this thing and I'm actually wondering which example will I use that will not touch anybody do you guys understand how you want to just stay in a neutral zone so that people don't feel like you are picking on them and honestly all the examples I have will pick on somebody should I pick on somebody Okay, let's read from the Bible. Let me not pick on anybody first. <laughs> it's not my words. It's in the Bible. Revelation chapter 11 verse 15. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet and there were loud noises in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. A new kingdom is coming. Do you know how the Russians were able to convince Russia to attack Ukraine? They had to go and tell all the other Russians that Ukrainians were killing their brothers in the east of Ukraine. And Ukrainians were committing genocide. I'm sure some of you have never heard that. So the entire Russia rose up in anger against Ukraine. Why dare Ukraine? Because there's a region where some people are unsure whether they want to belong to Russia or Ukraine in the east. And that Ukrainians are killing those people. That's actually how they won the information war at home. So forget what you're watching on CNN. In, in inside Russia, they're very happy with their king. Very happy. You wonder how does Putin keep ruling? They're very, very happy supporting him. They're, oh, we're going to rise up and rebuild our economy. From, let's forget the world. So we're even big. They need our oil. They need our wheat. Cut them off. They need our gas. Like, like who are these guys? The leeches. Cut them off. Do you know that's the opinion in Russia? Some of you don't even know. Disinformation. In heaven, a trumpet was blown. An announcement was sound. A new kingdom is rising. A new kingdom is coming. A new place is being unveiled. It will be the dwelling place of our Lord and of His Christ. It will be the place where Christ lives, where His words carry power, where His authority is immutable, where men can do nothing against His authority. Your business is in competition to see by whose law it will rule the world. Your work life is in competition between the kingdom of hell and the kingdom of darkness. So if you check some of the sadness you feel, some of the sorrow you feel, is actually tied to the fact of whose kingdom you are trying to enforce. So when I speak to musicians, for example, musicians think like I'm trying to make them to sing gospel. They come to me and they're actually trying to sing gospel when they're around me. No, it's not about whether you sing gospel or sing love song. It's actually about whose kingdom are you pushing? 
whose kingdom are you pushing? Can you say the storm of your music is working as a slave of Babylon? Or will you say you are a free man in Christ? It's not about what platforms you sing. I don't mind who gives, whether it's Heineken or Budweiser that gives me the platform. But when I stand on Budweiser platform, what do you think I'm going to say? Everything inside of me. Hey. <laughs> do you know that's the, that's the main thing? Who do you represent? That is the main thing I want you to get. This idea this morning is not very difficult. Who do you represent? Lock, stock, and barrel. If we check you very well, why do you want to make money? Like I said the other day, how many of us don't want to be the big guy flying between Acapulco and New York on private jet? How many of us don't want to sit and maintain beauty? That word has taken a new meaning this week. Maintaining beauty. Why slapping someone else? <laughs> the penny just dropped. If you know, you know. <laughs> I'm not taking sides. We all want to be the people who are distinguished in the world. We all want to be MK Abiola, the philanthropist of our time, the pillar of sports in Africa. We all want to, but check yourself. Does the word of the king carry power in you? Mm. <laughs> I don't know how to say this again, but I want, to, I want to spend a little time to make sure that you realize that that's actually the main crux of the matter. And then if God can trust you, imagine if God wants to bless this church and take us out of this Radisson tent and give us our place. Who is the person who God can say, I'm going to release this money to them and they're not going to be saying church, this competition, this language. They're just going to go and build it quietly. We won't even know. They call us one Sunday morning and say, hey, don't go to Radisson again. I bought equipment, I bought everything. Pastor Isi and Pastor Moses come for dedication service. Is that too much? Is that too much? Like you guys have a unique message, please come and stay here and be doing this message. We will not complain. We will not talk about building. We will not raise funds again. No need. It's been done. But the pastors now realize that the church members will be crying and wincing. So the pastors now to enter into spiritual witchcraft. To preach lying messages. Say 20, 20. I hear the number 20. I woke up with the number 20. The Lord wants to make 20 billionaires in this church. Liar pastor. Where is that coming from? It's coming from the pastor trying to manipulate the people. How God, how come God is always hearing round numbers? Seven thousand, ten thousand. How about 7,422,000? Think about it. Think about it. <laughs> Some people used to look at me and say, you're not a real pastor. <laughs> pastor will not be out in the pastoral game like that. 
<laughs> the genuineness of your message actually speaks to their pastors who are working for the kingdom of darkness. Why? The word of the king does not carry power in their lives. What makes you tremble? What makes you quake? I remember a sister who said once that so long as she's in that HR department, there will be no oppression. There will be no one taking anyone's job away. She has to find out why. Not just because you hit the person's face. How powerful is that? Where is she taking her authority from? The kingdom. When such a person walks in an organization, the kingdom of God has come. There's someone who says, as long as I remain here, <laughs> there will be no bribery on this seat. They've been kicked and moved around. And <laughs> there's a particular lady when we went to registry to marry someone. Everybody was doing rounds around everybody. <laughs> but she was sitting quietly. And everybody was complaining, why is she so slow? Because there are like three people marrying people. You know how they marry them like hashery. The number of the person who went to get married was number 50. And there was actually number 110 outside. Like on, on Wednesday morning, I'm like, ah, you see how many marriages they are doing? Actually, to marry is not a big thing. Last, last, I just concluded. Mar marriage is not, is cheap. Even anyone can marry. But to build a marriage where the word of the king carries power, that is something. Giving birth to children is ordinary. Even mad women give birth to children along the roadside. But to raise a child of influence, that is something. Living life is cheap. Even dogs live on earth. Animals live on earth. But to live a life that glorifies God, that is something. Doing business is easy. Anyone can jump on a bandwagon. Like Vanessa said yesterday, there is money in the air. Ah, oh, some of you did not hear it. She was so good. There's money in the air, but you need to understand the language of how to download it. Anyone can do the download. God allows his rain to shine upon the good and the evil. But for you, to do that in sync with the kingdom of God. Now that is special. Can I tell you guys something? Everything is easy, but the, the real law and the real, I'm not, I'm actually not trying not to preach because the real deal is actually who is boss over what you're doing. Who is boss? I see some people, they struggle to worship. I, when I see somebody who struggles to worship, some people actually wait for worship to be over before they come to church. I can't wait for worship to begin. Like, this we were singing Honey in the Rock. I know that was not, no, they were singing, uh, the special number was, Your Forgiveness. That song is old. You, you are supposed to sing Honey in the Rock today. As you we were singing that song, I just heard, Honey in the Rock, water in the sun. But you guys did not do the work on time. So you are behind time. Because I gave them the song five weeks ago. 
you guys understand? We can actually be behind time. I won't realize you're repeating an old song that we, my juice is finished. Do you understand? Let's go to build something that continues to honor God. It's absolutely to build something that is in sync. Why are you trying to build what you're trying to build? You can see something. Finally, in rounding up, one day I gathered five politicians. I told you guys this story about three weeks ago. House of Reps guy, senators, about three people were contesting for Senate in our church. Then I said to them, let's build an organization. A political organization that is going to be bigger than either of us. And it doesn't matter what party you belong to. But let it be that Christ is the umbrella over all this, right? And they all sat down and said, ah, yes, good idea. And I won't call the names of these guys, but they were actually prominent guys who were in next in line to become senators. Actually, out of those people, two of them have passed away now. God rest their soul. One of the guys who passed away began to, the moment... Professor Shibanjo was nominated as vice president for Buhari. The guy began to write against Professor in the papers. And I called him and said to him, I thought we agreed that we're going to be a caucus that is going to be above party. Can we be the one who are going to stand for each other? Can we be the ones who do things together as a family of God? He said, Pastor Mo, you don't know him. He's the reason why we have Islamic banking. He's compromised. He, he had so many things to say about him. I said, no, that's not the point. The point is that every person who becomes significant all of a sudden begins to find themselves in a lonely place. How powerful if we're not significant alone, if we're significant together. And if the main thing that drives us, whether in finance, in, pol in police, in government, in private equity, in the economy, in the arts, in theater, in education, in health, is that we belong to a kingdom. Imagine the best musicians among us are actually agreed in their hearts that they belong to a kingdom. Not to go into the world and sing all the songs. And when the whole world is saying, are you a Christian or not a Christian? Then you come and do one. The storm is over. storm is over now. Mm, mm. And after you finish everything, sleeping with all the teenage girls, you come back and say, he saved me. And the church said, he's coming back, he's coming back. Which kingdom do you belong to? Which kingdom do you belong to? Whose words carry power in your life? And these guys fought each other and the organization broke apart. Do you think it would have been powerful for us to have an association of Christian politicians in Nigeria? Do you think it would be powerful for you to have someone in NMPC you can call who is a believer? Do you think it would be powerful for you to have someone in Port's authority you can call who is a believer? 
Do you think it will be powerful for us to have somebody in the police force who says, I die here for the cause of righteousness? Imagine that if all the Christians in Nigeria stood up in the place where they are, not trying to be pastors, not trying to be, do you understand? There's a particular guy in the east who set up a church in government house. And after building big, big figurines to all the African kings, he now decided he was going to be a man of God and was offering Holy Communion in the government house in the east. I'm sure you, that's enough information. You know who I'm not calling anybody's names. Absolutely unwise in many ways. Like I told you, my job is not to hit at anybody. I'm not calling names. But honestly, you're not called to be a pastor in government house. You're called to administrate the land with righteousness and justice. For you to know that because you are there, the government of God has come. For you to know that in doing your job, the government of God has come. Jesus called the people and said, do business until I come. Occupy the land until I come. Wherever your feet touch, occupy that land until I come. I had a friend who was a movie star and I said to her, do you know that you are the redeemer in Nollywood? And she looked at me and said, Pastor Moore, I just want to act films. Stories have to be ambivalent. You cannot say the story is good or bad. There are no absolutely good people and there are no absolutely bad people. I said, that's exactly the thing. You don't believe in the government of God. There has to, do you know, some, somebody wrote a book and the book was all just full of booby traps of sexuality. So every time, she, so she is talking about romance and marriage. And then she was describing the act, the sexual act. And then when it comes to giving their lives to Christ, she will say, and he walked to church and the song was slow and he gave his life to Christ. And I'm asking like, how come you can describe romance and sexuality in detail, but you cannot describe redemption in detail? Because it seems like your redemption is little and your romance is much. Do you understand? So the, the whole idea, I just said to her, this your book is actually James Hadley Chase with God all over it. She was so angry. But she, I'm not the one who went to her. She's the one who brought me the book to review. No redemption. Our job, wherever we are, is to redeem. The Bible says in the book of Romans, the endless of creation is crying, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Even creation itself is subject, waiting for God's sons to emerge. Do you know one thing about the north? I lived in the north. My father's a pastor in Kano and in Kaduna. They are all one when it comes to important things. They are very divided. They are very divided. But on matters of national importance, they are all one. One emir, three or four emirs stuck themselves. There will be a call from emir of Zazao to emir of Kano to Sokoto to Sultan of Sokoto. And they will choose whoever the presidential candidate is. And they will all flock like sheep to vote whoever it is. And we are busy being intelligent. I remember Pastor Goodman at Kinlabi organized a forum for all the aspiring political leaders in Nigeria and said to them, all of you are Christians. Against Buhari and Atiku, you have no power. 
But if you guys come together and nominate a consensus candidate, that's going to carry a lot of weight. And they were talking and talking and talking and the conversation was going well until one stood up among them and said to them, I hope you guys know that all this you are doing, if it doesn't nominate me at the end, I'm not going to agree. That was the end of the conversation. Why is it that we can only see ourselves? How powerful it is when we don't care who takes the credit, but we only care that we belong to a kingdom. That's exactly what business connections and what we're trying to do as a community is. Like as this, in this church, you never see me as the main guy. Pastor Fred is our main guy. Pastor Uche is our main guy. And when they stand, they don't stand with any hang-ups or any sense of the fact that somebody's telling them what to do or, or trying to inhibit them. Pastor Zena directs our entire services. She chooses who is going to speak. It's not even me. How powerful that the church is not about any one of us. It's bigger than us. And as you grow in God, there will always be a place for you in your father's house. That you all see that the church, and God told me, I said, God, we're starting a new church. Should we sing different kind of songs? He said, no. Should we make our music so catch? Should we preach a different kind of gospel? He said, no. So I said, okay, God, so what are we doing different? Why do we need to do another church? Why don't I just continue where I am? Because I'm a loyal guy. I can serve for 50 years. And a sign of that, I was in one church for 17 years before I left for Scotland. And when I came back, I went back there. And the Holy Spirit dragged me by the ear one day and said, is it until they beat you up here? I say, go, go. So I asked the Holy Spirit, why am I doing church? He said, no, fight for me to be at the center. Some people have lost the fight of who is at the center. Fight for me to be at the center. Let my kingdom, let the things I say have the final word. Let not political parties seize the heart of what you do. Fight for me to be at the center. Fight for God to be at the center of what you're doing. Fight for God to be at the center of your work. Fight for God to be at the center of everything you're trying to do. And that is what it means by the kingdom of God. You've been hearing the kingdom. The Jews thought the kingdom was for, in that scripture we read in Luke 19, the Jews thought that the kingdom of God was for Jesus Christ coming, kicking out the Romans, and then making all of them governors because there are 12 disciples and 12 tribes. So Jesus is the head of state and each one of them is the governor of the province. Just knock somebody and say, governor. You guys don't know how to have fun. Just knock somebody else. You're so afraid of the people you're sitting there. Just knock them and say, governor. Can I tell you guys something? They all thought this was the time and Jesus Christ was going to just finish the kingdom and give them the kingdom. Is that not how our business is? When we think, like most of, when we start hearing business, God is going to empower our business. Guess what we're thinking about? My God, I'm going to be massive. We all like prophetic words without purpose. We only hear prophecies that do. So prophetic meetings are full of thousands of people. But when you come to execution meetings, 20. When you come to the meetings where people are going to do life. So sometimes I want to say, let's not prophesy. Let's do it. The prophecies you've been hearing, eh, let's do it now. Do you guys understand that 
The whole prophecies are not for you. The, when God takes a man, he has a people in mind. When God takes a soldier, he has an army in mind. When God takes a pastor, he has a church in mind. And I can tell you one more thing. God does not love the church. God does not love the pastor. So he sent him a people to build his ministry. Let me repeat. God did not love the pastor. So he sent him the congregation to build a pastor ministry. God loves his people. So he sent them a servant to serve the purpose of God in their lives. It's not about the pastor. It's about the people. It's about the people. It's about the people. It's not about our significance as men of God. It's not about our apostleship. It's nothing about us. It's about the people. God loved the people. So he gave them a fivefold ministry to enable them to rise up and to do the work of their calling and to rise up and to do what he has established in their lives. So I speak to all of you this morning to rise up in the things which God has given into your hands and to make a pledge that God will reign in the business of your life. Let's close with Psalm 2. Shentama libra kusayanambo shelaboria tomost. Inkazone malama rustaye shalabarusta manembaya. Namazo shilama rukato siyadomo shilamara. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords. He who sits in the heavens shall love. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them again in his wrath and distress them in his deep displeasure. He said, yes, I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the sun, lest you be angry and you perish in the way. When his wrath is kindled by the little blessed are all those who put their trust in him. I have no time to unpack this scripture, but I will say only two things. Number one thing, the kings of the earth always set themselves against the movement of God. There are so many things that are fighting against you knowing God and who he really is. There are so many systems in church that are designed to inhibit you from knowing God. There are so many things drawn out against you that stop you in your business from implementing the government of God. When you do corporate governance, God is glorified. When you do business with righteousness, God is glorified. When you stand as a pillar of incorruption, God is glorified. When you represent the kingdom in media, 
God is glorified. When God sends you as an agent into any place, God is glorified. And some of you, you already know God on the inside of you. God has already worked a deep work in your heart. God has already captured your heart for Him. But then when you step into those realms, you begin to tremble. Receive the word of the Lord today. God has set you as a king in Zion. God has set you as a king in Zion. The only qualification of this king is that you tremble at the word of God. You rejoice before the Lord with trembling. You remember the Lord God who made you powerful. God has set his king in Zion. There's a war between two kingdoms. Iolua said it yesterday. The kingdom that God gave to us was snatched away. Now what we are in the business of is the redemption ministry. Are you in this redemption ministry? Are you in the recovers, in the recoverers ministry? Are you in the restoration ministry? Are you of those who turn back men's heart to their king? God has set his king in Zion. God has set his king in Zion. And you begin to see the signs. I speak prophetically, you begin to see the signs. Men will rise in oil and gas. Men will rise in new technologies. Men will rise in media. Men will rise in music. Men will rise in different, in different sectors. Men will rise in education. People will rise up with cure in research for medicines and bring up medicines that we've never seen. Technologies will emerge from Nigeria that will feed the whole of the African region. Our factories are reopening again. God is bringing a manufacturing grace upon us. We're going to begin to make vehicles out of this land. We're beginning to make technologies out of here that we're going to export. We're going to begin to process our raw materials things will begin to emerge from this land I see like factories of peanut butters I've seen like factories of tomatoes I've seen like things emerge agri products emerge from this land I see the fire of God run from the east to the west I see God raising up people largely unknown people who people have never heard about before they will step into the corridors of grace by the finger of God and they will begin to reign like kings in Zion. They will begin to reign like kings in Zion. There will be one mark for the new people God is raising. They will not live for themselves. They will not live for that which gives them pleasure. They will not live for that which is their comfort zone. They will rise with aggression with the hand of God and they will speak the power of God in a new time. They will prophesy the grace of God for a new time. They will see themselves as ambassadors from Zion. The kingship of God will rule in their hearts. They will seek God clearly and they will download heaven unto earth the hand of the Lord will be the stirring voice in their spirit they will hear the voice of the king for where the voice of the king is there is power they will operate in the authority of a new time the oil the oil of unction will be upon them and I see many from here I see many even sitting here this morning rising up to be those people, kings in media, kings in oil and gas, 
kings in industry, kings in education, kings in new technologies, king in music. I see them rising up this morning. I see them rising up this morning. Are you ready to open up for business? Open up, open up, open up. The Lord is ready to do business with you. God has set his kings in Zion. God has set his new rulers in place. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 